Welcome to the Dew of Heaven service with Reverend Brian Krumah. Reverend Brian Krumah brings you powerful and practical teachings of the Word of God, which is able to save your soul. Reverend Bright currently pastors the Bronx North Branch of the Kodesh Family Church in New York City, a church full of love, joy, and enthusiasm for the Lord. We pray that this message brings hope and light to your life. Listen and be blessed. Father, we are grateful, we are thankful this afternoon to be in your court. We ask, so, Lord, that your Holy Spirit will guide us into the sharing of your word. We pray, Lord, that you give us hearts that are prepared for a change. Change our hearts. Transform us. We thank you for your spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. Clap your hands together and please be seated. This afternoon, I want us to continue with our message we've been sharing about how to become a devoted member of the church how to become a devoted member how to become a devoted member this is a very important message and it is a message that every Christian should know because our walk with Christ is not a temporal walk. It's not a walk for two years or three years or a couple of months, but it is until Christ comes or until we die. It's a lifetime commitment. Amen. And so it is important because if you walk with Christ for a while and you stop walking and you die, you go to hell. Do you understand? But the reason why we are here, the reason why we are serving Christ is that we will not go to hell. Amen. 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 That we will not go to hell. And hell is real. It's a real place. Amen. And we are escaping it completely. Hallelujah. And so it's important that we learn how we can continue to walk with Christ. How we can continue to be committed to the body of Christ. Amen. And so, um, I just want us to go over the points that we have learned quickly. We, um, we went through some points, some of the things that we need to do to help us stay committed. Um, number one, what did we say? Number one, see yourself as a permanent member of the church. Number two, your relationship with the church must be comparable to that of a marriage. Your relationship, it must be a marital relationship. Number three, see yourself as part of a building. See yourself as part of a building. Number four, say good things about the church. Say good things about the church. Number five, Say good things about the pastor. Say good things about the pastor. Perhaps you are joining us here as a visitor. You, are, you belong to another church and you are visiting us. It applies to you also. The things that we are sharing is important that you learn it and you know it. That you also be committed to your church. Amen. 
say good things about the pastor. Even if you listen, you don't attend this church and you listen to our messages, it applies to you also that you say good things about your pastor. Say good things about your church. Number six, say good things about the teachings or the doctrines of the church. Say good things about the teachings of the church or the teachings in the church. Number seven, say good things about the church members. Say good things about the church members. Hallelujah. Recommend your church member. Recommend our members. You have a friend, a good friend, God-fearing friend that is looking for a husband or looking for a wife. Recommend your church member. Amen. You have a boss that is looking for a faithful worker to employ. Recommend your member. Recommend a church member. Amen. You have a good doctor. Recommend your church member to him. Amen. Wonderful. Number eight. Interact with the church members. Have a relationship. Interact with the church members. Know people. Know where they live. Have numbers. Exchange numbers. Know yourselves. Amen. Don't be a stranger. Interact with the church members. Number nine. That's very important. You have to marry in the church. Marry in the church. You have to take them quickly. Marry in the church. Amen. This church is equipped with very powerful men and women who are equipped with knowledge about marriage. Amen. So marry in the church. And number 10, socialize with church members. Socialize with church members. Don't block us. Have release your accesses. Release your social media connections so that we can connect with you. Amen. Don't have different kinds of names that we don't know who this is. One day I saw someone, the person is here, she knows herself. And I said, Wow, that's my church member. I never knew this name. And then that person has special photographs in that area with certain clothes that I've never seen her wearing in the church before. That's not good. You see, when you open up to us, it also restrains you from doing some evil things. Do you understand? It restrains you from doing some evil things. Amen. Amen. Wonderful. Well, tonight, um, this afternoon, I want to continue and I want to share with you another important section of this message about the different kinds of people who come to church. Wow. I want to share with you the different kinds of people who come to church. And this encompasses everyone. Everyone. So, I want to give you some of the reasons why we need to know this. Why do we need to know the different kinds of people or the different types of people who come to church? We need to know so we can identify where we stand as far as our relationship with the church is concerned. Amen. 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 So we will know how we are relating to the church, how we are as far as our relationship with the church is concerned. 
And this is important for everyone to identify. I believe by the time we finish going through, you can tell yourself that this is me. This is where I am. Do you understand? And everyone ought to upgrade whatever your stage is in relation to the church. You need to always upgrade. Go up. Amen. Amen. Today, Bishop was sharing about upgrading your offerings. Upgrade. It's always good to upgrade. You can stay at the same level all the time. Amen. The next one, we, know, we want to know that not everyone is a member. Not everyone that comes to church is a member of the church. It's important for us to know. It's important for us to see who is a member and it also shows us how committed we must be to such a person. Do you understand? You see, if you, if you are if you are falling, if, for instance, you are falling into a ditch and I want you, you, you find someone and I want to save you, I am available and I want to save you, you know, you may decide to give me your whole hand, okay? You may decide to give me both hands to pull or you may decide to give me just your finger and you want me to try and save you, pull you out of the ditch by holding your finger. Do you understand? So which one do you think is most probable for saving you? Whether to give me your finger, to give me one hand, or to give me both hands. It's to give me both hands. Do you understand? So the more you open up, the more we are able to minister to you also. Amen. Some of you close up. You hide and hide and hide until it is so bad beyond salvaging and that is not helpful amen. amen so we want to know who are our real members amen, amen. now it's also important to know who are members because you you may even leave the church for someone who is not a member reason by someone offending you or someone doing something to you who is actually not even a member of the church do you understand? But when you learn these things, you can identify and say that this is a real member. This is a real member. That is a real member. This person, if he does something, because you may meet someone on Fordham Road or BJ's and the person didn't greet you and you say, because you didn't greet me, I met this church member and I'm not coming to the church anymore. Perhaps that person is not even a member. Do you understand? Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? So it's important that we know these things. It's important that the person didn't say hello to you. Perhaps this person's hello does not mean much. Amen. So we need to know these things. Amen. And then it will help us how to relate with you. Amen. So as we are sharing, you will realize I'm going to give several other factors on the different kinds of people. Don't be offended. Do not be offended. Just identify yourself. And one of the keys, like I always give you, is to look straight off. If you look straight at me, no one will know that this is you. You're the only one. And smile. You know, and when we are all laughing, laugh. Don't be angry. You see, that gives you off. It gives you away when we are all laughing and you are angry. Then we know that this is you. So tell your neighbor, why are you not laughing? 
ask, ask. Why are you not laughing? And don't say, what is funny? It's funny. Laugh. Don't say, what is funny? That's a very ridiculous question to ask. It's a sign of idiopathic pride. Wonderful. Awesome. So everyone should be able to identify their type. Amen. Now, there are two groups of people who come to church. There are two groups of people. There are visitors and there are members. You'll find visitors and members who come to church. Now, I'm going to show you the different kinds of visitors first. So there are six types of visitors. Six types of visitors who come to church. Do you want to know? You see, every now and then we have to share a message like this so that you know what stage you are if you are still a visitor after all these years. So number one, the first type of visitors, we have six signs of visitors. We have browsers. Browsers. And then number two, we have critics. We have critics. Number three, we have admirers. Admirers. Number four, we have professional visitors. Professional visitors. We are going to go over all of these kinds of visitors, and you will know when you see your characteristics. And then we have regular visitors. Regular visitors. And the last group of visitors are called the false brethren. False brethren. The false brethren. Number six, the false brethren. So the first one, the browsers. The browsers. You know, just as the word means, browsers are those who look around or they search around. They are browsers. They look around. They browse, the browsers go from one church to another from week to week. And they just browse. They just look around. They search churches. Sometimes they get invited by others. And then they will come. You invite them, they will come. And then someone else will invite them to another church. And then they will go. And they say, I visit churches. One day I was speaking to someone who came to church. And I said, what church? Do you have a permanent church that you go? He says, no. And I said, then I want you to be, I want to be your pastor. He said, I visit churches. That is his church. His churches visit churches. That is what he told me. And I gave it to him properly. That he, he needed, I realized that he needed to understand certain things. Amen. So, browsers are searchers. They search around, they browse, they look around. Other times, they choose a church to visit out of curiosity. They just choose. They hear there's this church here and they're out of curiosity. They just visit. They just go and look. Those are browsers. It may be something that they may have heard. They may have heard something. They may have heard something and then they go to see what they heard, if what they heard was true. Those are browsers. Hallelujah. John chapter 6. And verse 1, John chapter 6 and verse 1, he says, After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of 
Tiberias. And a great multitude followed him. A great multitude followed him because they saw his miracles which he did on them that were deceased. Amen. Amen. They, these people followed him because of the miracles. They came to see the miracles. So Jesus, if he came to the church and he saw all these people, he would think, today I have a lot of members. They are not members. They are browsers. They just came to see whether what they heard were true. Amen. Now, typically, browsers, they last in a church for about one to two weeks. One to two weeks, and then they move to another church. They come, they stay one to two weeks, and then they're gone. Number two, the critics. The critics. Now, these are the people in the church who criticize everything they see. They criticize everything they see in the church. Those are people we call the critics. They criticize that the church started too late. They will talk about that. That they will say the service was too long or the service was too short. They will criticize about that. Even though they enjoyed every session of the church, they will still criticize. And they say it was too long. Those are critics. They are by nature critics. They criticize everything that they see. Hallelujah. But you see, such people, critics, they are critics for the church. Do you understand? Because same person can go and if he comes, for instance, and then we are showing a movie. We say today no service. We are just enjoying ourselves. And then we are showing a movie. And we can show the movie for three hours. And when it says the end and it comes, you say, oh. And they are disappointed and they are sad that the movie has ended. Do you understand? But when the church stays a little longer, they criticize. Those are critics. Amen. They criticize when we are having meetings after church. See, I don't want you to think of someone else. I'm talking to you as I'm preaching. I'm talking to you. So they criticize about meetings after church. Even so-called shepherds. They complain that we are having shepherds meeting. You say you are a shepherd. And you complain that we are having shepherds meeting. And you complain that the shepherds meeting is long. So you are a critic. Amen. You are a critic. Hallelujah. Sometimes they complain waiting to talk to the pastor. They are waiting to speak to the pastor. And they complain that the pastor is not making time to speak to them. That is a critic. They complain when we are taking offerings. Why do they take two offerings? They take too many offerings. They took offerings last week. They are taking offerings again. I gave an offering. Now they are taking offering again. They complain about that. They complain when we are fasting. That's a critic. So I'm talking about members who are in the church. Or people who are in the church. People who are in the church. They complain when we are fasting. They complain about rehearsals. Amen. Amen. We say we are having rehearsals and they complain. Amen. Are you with me? They complain about rehearsals. They complain about everything. So a critic, you realize that as soon as he enters, they complain about the ushers. Okay? So they complain about from the beginning of the service to the end. They complain about the ushers. They complain about the fact that we are praying. And then they complain about praise and worship. 
And then they complain about the preaching. They complain about altar call. They complain about the offering. And they complain when we are sharing grace. So you realize that a critic complains every stage. Even communion. The body of Christ when we are sharing. They complain. Amen. They see a good thing. But they just have to complain. They have to criticize. Even when they see a good thing. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11 and verse 14. We are a Bible teaching church. Amen. Luke chapter 11 and verse 14. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. It says, One day Jesus cast out a demon from a man who couldn't speak. And when the demon was gone, the man began to speak. The crowds were amazed. Are you with me? He said, the crowds were amazed. But some of them, say some of them. Say some of them. Say the critics. But some of them said, no wonder he can cast out demons. He gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. This was the New Living Translation. He says, the critics or the, the, the complainers, he says, some of them said, no wonder he cast out demons he gets his power from Satan, the prince of demons. So you see, they see a good thing. They see a good thing. The Bible says there was a man who couldn't speak. And when the demon was gone out of him because Jesus cast him out, these critics complained. And they said that no wonder he's able to perform such a miracle because he gets his power from Satan. That's a critic. Amen. One day, Mark chapter 3 and verse 1. Mark chapter 3 and verse 1. Look at that. It says, Mark chapter 3 and verse 1. It says, Jesus went into the synagogue again and noticed a man with a deformed hand. Are you with me? Since it was the Sabbath, Jesus' enemies watched closely if he healed the man's hand. They planned to do what? They plan to do what? To accuse him of working on the Sabbath. They plan to accuse him of working on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man, come and stand in front of everyone. Then he turned to his, what? They turned to what? You see, I'm not preaching some abstract message. I'm preaching about what is in the Bible. The grapha, the grapha. What is written? It's written. Then he turned to his critics and asked, does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath? Or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? But they wouldn't answer him. See the critics. Then verse 6. He looked around at them, verse 5. He looked around at them angrily. You see, you have to be angry at critics. When people are criticizing about things that we are doing, you have to be angry at them. You have to be angry. You see, we know, we know that we are not perfect. We know that. We know that we are not perfect. So, you pointing out certain things to us and not helping us with a solution. For instance, you are, you, are, you are criticizing about things, but you are not giving us any solution. 
My good example is, for instance, when we give you direction to the church, when we give you our address, it takes you to the front where the gates are closed. Do you understand? So you come to the front and the, the gate is closed and then you are angry and criticizing. You gave me the wrong address. I came and the gate was closed. We know that the gate is closed. But if you, 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 you can talk to the people here and keep this door open, then we'll be happy. Do you understand? But you are not going to do that. You are just criticizing us for keeping this door. Don't we know that the gate is closed? We know. And we know that it's an entrance. So when you get here, be patient and love us and cover our multitude of sin. Amen. Amen. Do you understand what I'm sharing with you? Cover the multitude of sin. We know that the gates are closed. So you're criticizing, eh, the gate is closed. Why did you give me this address? Why did you give me the gate address? This is our address. But you'll find us. Amen. And if you come a little closer and you are patient, you'll see that we have a sign there that says that the entrance is at the back. And if you are patient and you come to the back, you see that we have a parking spot for you also. Amen. So be angry when someone is criticizing. Amen. So he says, he looked around at them angrily and was deeply saddened by their hard hearts. Then he said to the man, hold out your hand. So the man held out his hand and it was restored. He held out his hand and it was restored. Ignoring the critics. If you follow the critics, you will not do anything. But be angry at the critics. Amen. Love us. And you will realize that your love will cover all our mistakes. You will find us very pleasing, very nice people if you have a good heart towards us. Amen. You see, that is how we are. That is how we are in our relationships. When there is love, you overlook a lot of things. When you are beloved dozing and you have your beloved that every Sunday you are also, as you are picking others, you pick the person up to bring to church. The time that you are beloved dosing, you go and the person is not ready. You are patiently waiting. Even though you know you have to come and start prayers. You know you have to come and arrange things. You know you have to come and do other things in church and this person is holding you up. But the person, you call the person and say, how, how long? How long are you? He says, oh, if you can give me just half an hour. He says, no problem, no problem. He says, and then you say, take an hour, take an hour. Because the love is there. You have the love, the love is there. So it doesn't matter to you, you are waiting. And then the person sticks her head out and says, a few more minutes, and then you see still rollers in the head. He says, no problem. No problem. Take your time. No problem. Because the love is there. It covered multitude of sin. But when you are married, the day, now that you are married, that same person is late. You are angry. No patience. You are angry. Amen. Are you with me? This time the love is not there, so it's not covering your mistakes, your lateness, your misbehavior, and you are angry. Amen. But you to hurry up. <laughs> hurry 
Hallelujah. Why should you test our love? By delaying. Why should you test our love? Amen. You see, when you were beloved dosing this man, you never saw that when you, he took you out to eat. And you never saw that when he's eating, he opens his mouth. And he's eating. Because you loved him. You loved him. And even you said, I love the way you chew. You said it before. And he said, I can sit here and look at you all day just eating. And I'll be full. But today that you are married, you see, the same chewing style, it was there. But today, now you see all the errors because the love is going. Amen. Critics, when you love as when you love as you see that the criticisms they go away. Amen. May the Lord touch your heart into loving us. Amen. The next group of people are the admirers. The admirers. I want to finish this. So bear with me. The admirers. Amen. So the admirers are visitors who admire the church. They say nice things about the church. These are admirers. Are you identifying yourselves? They admire the church for various reasons. Admirers. They admire the church for various reasons. Sometimes admirers admire us because we are so winning church. That is our focus. And they admire us for that. We are so winning oriented. And some people just like us for that. Amen. Now that's a good reason to admire a church, by the way. Sometimes people admire the church because it's now the popular charismatic church in town. Do you understand? It is like a trendy church now. It's like a trend. And people just admire it. And they come. They are not members. But they admire the church. Are you with me? Are you the one? Ask your neighbor. Sometimes they are, they are here. They admire the church because the members are friendly. The members are friendly. And so they admire the church. They, they, are, they are young people. There are a lot of young people and they admire the church. Do you understand? Sometimes people just admire the church for that. Amen. Sometimes they admire the church because there are a lot of beautiful girls in the church. They come to the church because of that. They admire the church. Amen. They admire the church because there are a lot of beautiful girls. They see beautiful girls on Facebook and that, is, that should not be the reason why you come to church. You see, someone else was looking at our Facebook and says, I feel the presence of the Spirit just looking at your Facebook pictures. Do you understand? But someone else will only look at our beautiful women and handsome men that are in the church. These are admirers. And they come because of that. They look at, they see you and they have come because of that. What a shock. Amen. Sometimes they like the messages. Admire, they just admire, they like the messages. They say the messages are practical and they like that. Amen. Sometimes they like the fact that the pastors are professionals. Do you understand? You can confine in them. They respect privacy. They, 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 they understand. They, you understand? Some people just admire that and that they come. Amen. 
Sometimes they like the fact that you don't need to be always going to a seamstress to sew some wild thing to come to church. They like that you can come to church in a very simple fashion. You can wear your jeans and t-shirt and come to church and we are happy. Sometimes people just admire that. Amen. Sometimes people admire the church because of the time of the service. The time we meet. They can't, go, they can't wake up early morning and so they admire the church for the time that they meet. Sometimes they admire the church because of the location. It's convenient. Do you understand? And that makes them admire the church. Amen. And some admire the church because of the duration of the service. Hallelujah. And some admire the church because of the pastor. They admire the pastor. Amen. <laughs> this is general. I'm talking about that. <laughs> Amen. Wonderful. John chapter 6 and verse 3. John chapter 6 and verse 3. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge... Let's read this from the, um, the King James Version. It's okay, please. Yeah. It says, when Jesus then lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come unto him, he saith unto Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself knew what he will do. Philip answered him, Two hundred penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little and eat. Go on. One of his disciples, Andrew Simon's, Simon Peter's brother, said unto him, there is a lad here which had five barley loaves of bread and two small fishes, but what are they among so many? And Jesus said, Make the men sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number, about 5,000. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to the disciples and the disciples to them that were sat down, and likewise of the fishes as much as they would. When they were filled, he said unto his disciples, Gather up the fragments that remain, that nothing be lost. Okay. Therefore, they gathered them together and filled 12 baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which remained over and above unto them that had eaten. Then those men, say those men. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truth. This is of the truth that a prophet that should come into the world. That means this is the prophet that we were expecting. Because they are full. They have eaten. Do you understand? They are eating because of the miracle. And then verse 15, it says, And when Jesus therefore perceived, look at this. When Jesus therefore perceived that they would take him by force to make him a king, he departed into the mountain himself alone. So you see, he did something to them and they admired him so much. Now they just want to just make you a king. Just, we just want to make you a king. Do you understand? Because you have fed us. Sometimes admirers just come for one thing that you just do for. They are not joining the church as members. Because if you continue to read on, you realize that these people, they left him. 
So these are visitors. And when Jesus saw this crowd, he could have mistaken them for members. Are you with me? But it's because of something that he did for them. They admired him and they were ready to just make him a king. It's like, like that. Let's make you a king. Be our pastor. Amen. Those are admirers. Hallelujah. Now I want to tell you about professional visitors. Professional visitors. So as we are sharing, are you identifying yourself? So when it's not you, you cross that one out. Now we are talking about professional visitors. Professional visitors attach themselves to a church anywhere from say about three to four months. These are professional visitors. They attach themselves to a church for about a period of three to four months. I'm teaching you something so you can identify where you are, so you can relate with the church properly. Amen. So professional visitors attend every service. They attend Sunday services. They attend weekday services. They attend prayer meetings. These are professional visitors. In fact, if there is a camp meeting within the interim that they are here, they will go. They will actually register and go with us to a camp meeting. That is a professional visitor. Are you with me? I'm teaching you characteristics of a professional visitor. So the professional visitor can go to a camp meeting with us. A professional visitor will sit down in a shepherd's meeting and be with us in a shepherd's meeting. Hallelujah. They, they, They can download our podcast. A professional visitor will have the podcast. They can even buy our books. Buy the Macarius. That's a professional visitor. Amen? They respond to the message well. So a a professional visitor, he will say, preach on. Amen. They pick up quickly and they are flowing. That's a professional visitor. They may even write notes in church. Hallelujah. So a professional visitor knows how to behave spiritually. He knows how to behave spiritually. And he will begin to now privately prophesy to some church members. That is a professional visitor. He begins to prophesy to people privately. Are you with me? You see, I am talking to you about all of these kinds of people who are in the church. Who have been in the church. Amen. Amen. So a professional visitor's behavior is very deceiving. It is very deceiving. And they have been to different churches like that. So the, the, the pastor now feels that he has a permanent member. Someone that is serious and committed. Because you see a professional visitor involved in all kinds of activities and meetings. But he's a professional visitor. If you are a naive pastor, then you begin to even make plans concerning this person. Plans about ministry. Encouraging the person, you know, and thinking of ministry concerning that person. If you are a naive pastor, you begin to make plans concerning marriage for him. You see, when you see a professional visitor and you are a naive pastor, you begin to think of your your church members. Oh, this sister can be a potential husband. This brother can be a potential husband. 
husband. This sister can be a potential wife to this husband. Do you understand? Or to this man. So you begin to think of your church members if you are a naive pastor. But you have to know who is a professional pastor, a professional visitor. Amen. You must know who is a professional visitor. Hallelujah. Or you don't understand my message. Then one day, the pastor preaches a message that hits them or hits him or her on the nail. Say the pastor begins to talk about tithe. Or the pastor begins to talk about loyalty. Or you begin to talk about fornication. And you hit the person on the nail like that. So that Sunday, that will be the last day that anyone will see the person. You will not hear about the person. You cannot reach the person on the phone. You can. I have seen this. As a pastor, I have preached. And a professional visitor just vanishes. As we begin to prophesy to my church members. Do you understand? A professional visitor acts spiritually. When the service is going on, the person acts spiritually. When we are praying, he acts spiritually. But he is a professional visitor or she is a professional visitor. Hallelujah. One day Jesus was preaching about the bread of life message. And it drove people out of his congregation. Do you remember? Let's turn to John chapter 6. John chapter 6 and verse 53. John chapter 6 and verse 53. It says, Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, ye have no life in you. You see, such messages, you know, professional visitors, when, you see, he says, Except you eat his body and drink his blood there's no life in you so how could you say that <laughs> whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life and I will raise him up at the last day for my flesh is meat indeed and my blood is drink indeed you see the message that we love and we sing we make music about it do you understand? He said, for my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. So this is the bread of life message. And then verse 59, verse 59, go down to verse 59. He says, these things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many, therefore, of his disciples, you see, many, therefore, of his disciples, when they had heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it? This is a hard saying. Who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at this, he said unto them, doth this offend you? And indeed, they were offended. Verse 66. Go to verse 66. Verse 66. From that time, many of the disciples went back and walked no more with him. From that time, after that message, many walked out and they never came again. You can't hear from them. You cannot call them. They block you. 
No email, no text message, nothing. As if you've never met them. These are professional visitors. Amen. These are professional visitors. Hallelujah. Now we're talking about regular visitors. Regular visitors. Regular visitors. Now regular visitors are different from professional visitors. Regular visitors are continuously in the church for about two to three years. But they will never become permanent members. Two to three years, but they are not members. They will never join the church. Amen. It can even be for an indefinite period. They are are in the church for so long, but they never in their minds consider themselves members of the church. I'm talking about regular visitors. So unlike professional visitors, they only attend Sunday services. Regular visitors are here every Sunday. They only attend Sunday services. Am I preaching to you? You are too quiet on me. You don't like my message. Amen. So a regular visitor does not attend any extra meeting. No extra meeting. If someone has a general gathering, for instance, if someone has a general gathering like a funeral, something like that, that is general and everyone is going, they don't attend. A regular visitor does not attend such meetings. They don't attend. They don't contribute. However, if there is a specific invitation such as to a wedding, a regular visitor will attend. I am preaching to you. I am teaching you a very important message. Amen. It's very important to identify who is our member. Amen. So a regular visitor likes the church. They like the messages, but in their minds, they are not members of the church. That is a regular visitor. Amen. So they can even join a ministry that is like a stress-free ministry. You know, a ministry that requires only your presence on Sunday. If you come, then you can do something. And that if they come early, they will do something. But they will not by themselves come early enough that they are just coming to make this happen in the church. That is a regular visitor. For a long time, they are regular visitors. Hallelujah. Sometimes they are in the church because of a relationship. Sometimes it's because your husband is in a church. And so they are regularly in the church. But they are not considered, or they don't consider themselves members of the church. A regular visitor gets offended when certain church benefits are withheld from them. That is when they get offended. And that is when they leave. You see, because they have not committed to the church. And we can also not commit to you. Are you understanding what I'm sharing with you? You see, I'm sharing, this is very important. It's very important. You want us to do everything for you, but you are not committed to us. That is a regular visitor. Amen. So that's a regular visitor. They get offended and then they finally leave when they expect certain benefits and it is not done or it doesn't happen 
for them, then they leave. And the last group of visitors is the false brethren. The false brethren or the brothers, the false brothers and sisters. The false brethren. Now, false brethren are mostly not Christians. False brethren are not Christians. These are not Christian brothers. They are not Christian sisters. They are in the church, but they are not Christians. Are you with me? They are not born again. They are not Christians. They are not born again. They are not saved. They are not believers. These are called false brethren. Now, they look like Christians. Okay, they look like Christians and they act like Christians. Sometimes you look, it's a Christian brother or a Christian sister, but they are not Christians. Hallelujah. And they can be in a church for a long time for a reason. They want something. Hallelujah. I'm teaching you a very important message. You see, when you don't know this, you make certain choices. And I'm teaching you that. So a regular vis- a, a, a false brethren, they will have other reasons for being in the church. They have a non-Christian reason, non-spiritual reason for being in the church. Some of the reasons are sometimes political reasons. They have a political reason for being in the church. Such as they come to spy. <laughs> Are you with me? They come to spy on the church. They come to spy on the church. Sometimes, for instance, I mean, in certain places, some, they are like newspapers. New, they, they work for the newspaper, and they come to the church, and they just come to spy. That is a false brethren, or a false sister, a false brother. Hallelujah. So a false brethren, they can even attend a camp meeting they can attend leaders' meeting if you give them an opportunity. They can attend shepherds only meetings. And they say they want to be shepherds. And they can pay their tithe because they want certain information. They want to be in the inner circles to get certain information. Those are false brethren. Hallelujah. And sometimes they want certain information just to destroy us, to destroy the church, or for their personal gains. These are satanic agents. Hallelujah. You don't like my message. Galatians chapter 2. I'm preaching. I am preaching a very, I'm delivering you from a lot of things. You see, don't be offended. Do you understand? What you need to do is you receive it and then you repent and then you change. Don't be offended that you are identified. Do you understand? You make a self-assessment and then you change. So these are agents of Satan. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 1. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 1. Then 14 years after, I went up again. Are you with me? Pay attention. I'm reading the Bible. Then 14 years after, I went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas and took Titus with me also. And I went up by revelation and communicated unto them that, and, and communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles. 
but privately to them which were of reputation. Do you see? So this was a private meeting. This is like a shepherd's meeting or leader's meeting. Senior people. People who are of reputation. (laughs) Pillars of the church. Potential pastors. Do you understand? Potential minister shepherds. So they gathered them and Paul as a, a minister coming over like a bishop or the apostle, the leaders have gathered and he's going to preach to them. He's going to share with them to establish them for the, king, for the building of the church. So he says, and I went up by revelation and communicated or taught them on, taught unto them or communicated unto them that gospel which I preach among the Gentiles. But this time, privately, to them which were of reputation. Because now he's teaching them how to preach. He's teaching them the message that he has been preaching to the Gentiles to convert them to become born again, to be saved. Now he has gathered the leaders, men of reputation, to teach them. Lest by any means I should run or had run in vain. Because when you don't build up shepherds, the church, you can't be just the leader alone. When you are gone, then you are gone. There's no more church. Do you see? This is what they were doing. This is what our shepherd, the prophet, has been doing all this while. But neither Titus, who was with me, being a Greek, was compelled to be circumcised. And that because of what? Because of what? Is everything that I'm teaching you is in the Bible. Do you understand? That is why it's important that you know. He said, all these things are written for an example. He says, and that because of false brethren, unawares brought in. This was a private leaders meeting, but they are sneaked in. Unawares. They have come in. They have registered. We couldn't identify them. So false brethren, they look like us. They look like a Christian brother. They look like a Christian sister. But that's a false brethren. He says they are coming unawares. Brought in. Who came in privately or privately or secretly? To do what? To do what? You think I'm just making up something. They come to spy also in the church of old. In the Bible. He says they came privately to spy out our liberty which we have in Christ Jesus that they may bring us into bondage. They want to use it to destroy us. Amen. Amen. They are using them to destroy us. Verse 5. To whom we give place by subjection? No. Not for an hour. We shouldn't give place by subjection even for an hour to false brethren. Can I hear an amen? Amen. Ladies, can I hear an amen? Amen. Yeah, it's not every man that you can marry in the church. It's not every woman you can marry in the church. Also. Amen. You see, you need to know this so you don't make a mistake in marrying certain people in the church. False brethren, they are in the church. The fact that somebody comes to stand here and pay tithe doesn't mean that that person is a Christian. That is why I'm teaching you these things. That is why I'm teaching you these things. He said, no, not for an hour. No for an hour. Don't take that person home. Don't let that person take you out, even for an hour. 
Don't entertain it. That the truth of the gospel might continue with you. That is our goal. Because false brethren, they can make you lose your salvation. They can make you be angry with the church. They can make you be angry with the messages. They can make you be angry with the pastor. They can make you angry that the pastor even blessed the marriage. And you lose your salvation. You see why my eyes are red? I'm teaching you these messages. Auntie B, do you see why? So that our daughters and our sons. He says, but of these who seem to be somewhat, whatsoever they were, we don't even know. <laughs> we can't tell. Are you with me? We can't tell. Whether they are Christians, they are not Christians, they look, they, they lift their hands when we lift our hands. They kneel down and crying also. He says, but of these who seem to be somewhat, whatsoever they were, it maketh no matter to me. God accepted no man's person. For they who seem to be somewhat in conference added nothing to me. And it should be like that for you also. That they add nothing to you, false brethren. Amen. False brethren. So false brethren, they have political reasons. Other reasons for being in a church. Now, I want to give you some other personal reasons why false brethren come to the church. You see, false brethren, they typically take advantage of Christians. They take advantage of Christians. They know Christians are kind. Christians are loving. True Christians, they are loving. They are supportive. And false brethren, they take advantage of that. They come to the church for some personal reasons. Sometimes false brethren, they come to the church because they are going to have a baby shower. They are pregnant. They know they are pregnant. And you can see now they want the baby shower, so they come to the church. I am teaching you an important message, practical message. I know things. I know things. Sometimes they come because of baby dedication. Amen. Sometimes false brethren come to church because they need a pastor to officiate their wedding for free. <laughs> I know things. You think I don't know things? I know things. Personal reasons. Amen. Sometimes they join the church because they want a beautiful funeral when they die. They want a nice funeral. Huh? Yeah. They, not, they want to be buried nicely. You know, church burying them nicely. That is the reason. Personal gain. Or sometimes they have a loved one who is not too well and they need, when the person passes, they want a nice something. So they, they join the church. That's a false brethren. Sometimes false brethren come to the church for recommendation letter. They want a recommendation letter from the pastor. You see, you don't, I'm teaching you certain things. They want a recommendation letter for a job. Because they went and they said, we need a recommendation letter. It can be from your previous manager. It can be from a pastor. It can be from this. I so, oh, let me find a church. I know things. I said, I know things. Auntie B, I know things. Amen. 
Sometimes false brethren join a church because of a business. They want to do some business. And they join the church. Oh, yes. They want to do some business. They have some business in mind. And they need a base. And Christians are nice. They are supportive. Amen. Sometimes they want to borrow and then they join a church to borrow. Amen. Or sometimes they need temporary accommodation. Temporary accommodation. As they have come in the land, they need temporal accommodation. And they join the church. All of these things happen in a church. Amen. They need temporal. One day, a certain man called one of our pastors. And then he called him and said, Oh, pastor. No, he didn't call him pastor. <laughs> he found the name on the internet, you know, on our website, one of our branches. And then he called. And then he called. And he said, Oh, Mr. He mentioned Mr. So so and so. You know, my wife and I have arrived. And we are coming from this branch in this country, which names begin with one of the alphabets. You know, and we have arrived. And I have to go to Ohio. But I want to leave my wife in New York for just a month. Whilst I go to Ohio. And then I will come back. Do you understand? So um, my pastor said, when I get here, I should call you. So right away, the pastor knew that you calling me Mr. So-so-and-so means that you are not one of us. So the pastor began to interview him, ask him certain questions. What branch? What was your pastor's name? What, what ministry are you in? What this? And then he didn't have the answers. So he was getting angry. And then he hung up. He hung up. And then he called one of our lady pastors. He called another lady pastor from the directory. He looked for another one. And then he called. Then the lady pastor, we, I'm telling you something that happened real. We were in the pastor's meeting and this message, this info, we were sharing this. Because the pastor didn't, the lady pastor didn't know. The pastor was sharing his experience about false brethren. And then the lady pastor said, ah, this person called me with the same story. Now when he called the lady pastor and the lady pastor picked up the phone, he said, do you know what he said? You want to hear? Yes. He, the lady pastor picked up the phone, so he wants to be nice so that the lady pastor will welcome him and, you know, be... He says, Ohima! Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Ohima means, oh, queen mother! <laughs> and the moment he called her that, he says, oh, I am from... I'm, I'm in our church and... So the lady passed her right away. So we, this was a practical thing that happened in the church. False brethren. False brethren. Sometimes false brethren join the church because they want a good wife to marry. They want a good wife. Or they want a good husband to marry. Are you with me? You see, ladies, let me tell you something. When unbelievers, when they have done all kinds of things in the world. Do you understand? When they have gone in the world and done all kinds of things and 
destroyed a lot of women when they are ready to marry. They want a good woman and they come to the church for a good woman. Do you understand? They come to the church for a good woman. So if you are a Christian and you are allowing an unbeliever to destroy you, when the person is ready for real marriage, you are not the one that person will consider. They will consider a true Christian because everyone lies a true Christian. Everyone lies honesty. Everyone lies truth. Are you with me? Yes. So false brethren, they have personal reasons for joining the church. They want a good, they hear that, oh, he says, I'm ready to marry. He says, then I have to go to a church. All they need to do is they come, lift up your hand to, I want to be a born again Christian. They lift up their hands and then they, they, they start pay tithe for three months. And then here he says, look, I've paid my tithe. Three months. I'm committed. I'm delivering you. I said, I'm delivering you. I am delivering you Amen. from the plans that you are having. Amen. 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 Sometimes they want a good husband. A good husband. After they have gone through all kinds of life, then they come to the church. False brethren. And the false brethren, the moment you identify them, they leave. So as a serious, committed Christian... As a serious, committed Christian, you need to identify this group of people so that you will know how to relate also. Hallelujah. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? It's not everyone in the church that you can marry. It's not everyone that you can marry. You need to identify who is a real Christian, who is a real committed Christian member. Amen. Next time we meet, we will talk about the kinds of members that we have in the church. We want to pause here and then we continue next time. So, what are the different kinds of visitors? What are the different kinds of visitors? Number one, browsers. Number one, browsers. Number two, critics. 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 Number three, the admirers. The admirers. Number three, number four, professional visitors. Professional visitors. Professional visitors. They Many pastors know them. They know them because many pastors have come so close to them. Do you understand? And they think they have a committed member and they are gone. Those are professional visitors. Amen. And many pastors have the same stories about them. When he came, he was this, he was that. I thought, you know, this, I thought they are professional visitors. Number five, regular visitors. Regular visitors. And number six, False brothers, false sisters, false brethren, false brethren. Clap your hands together for Jesus and stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Oh, the Lord is working in you to make you a committed member, a committed member to the body of Christ. That is where you want to be. To be a committed member. To be a member that is committed. A member who can say nothing can remove you from the love of Christ. Nothing can remove you. Nothing can shake you. A committed member. A committed member. A member. Father, we are grateful. Lord, we are thankful. We thank you for your word. 
we thank you for the revelation that you have given us father we thank you that you are leading us to identify how we are in our relation to your house we thank you lord for this revelation we pray oh god that you will heal us from offenses that father we will embrace your word identify who we are in our relationship with you that we can improve upon our relationships lord draw us nigh you say when we draw nigh unto you that is when you will also draw nigh unto us we pray lord against every hindrance anything that stands in our way anything that prevents us from drawing closer to you anything that prevents us from drawing nigh unto you lord this afternoon we say strip them all away strip every weakness away strip every weakness any personal gain any personal reasons any non-spiritual reasons that we have to be here lord we let go and we say heal us and draw us nigh. let your love embrace us let your mighty hand engulf around us that we will not go may we be committed may we grow into becoming committed members to the house of god we give you glory we give you honor we thank you jesus we give you glory holy spirit in jesus name and i will soar with you your spirit leads me on by the power of your love now before we leave with all eyes closed and every head bow you are here this afternoon you are saying pastor pray with me you are not born again beloved except a man be born again if you are here you are not born again jesus is saying except a man be born again you cannot see the kingdom of god if you are here you are not born again you are saying pastor pray with me i want to receive jesus as my savior this is your opportunity today a door is open for you if that is your prayer lift up your hand and i'll pray with you you are saying pastor pray with me i want to receive jesus as my savior i want to welcome jesus into my life if that is your prayer lift up your hand and i'll pray with you is there anyone here like that you want to give your life to jesus you want to receive jesus as your personal savior if that is your prayer wherever you are just lift up your right hand and i'll pray with you is there anyone here like that anyone here like that Perhaps you've been coming here week after week but you know in yourself you know in your heart that you do not have Christ in you you are saying today I want to receive Jesus Christ into my life pastor help me to pray this prayer to receive Jesus if that is your prayer lift up your hand and I'll pray with you is there anyone here like that anyone here like that this is your chance father we are thankful we are grateful you hear a voice telling you today is your day this is your moment this is your chance do not harden your heart today if you hear his voice lift up your hand and i'll pray with you lift up your hand right now and i'll pray with you is there anyone here like that i feel there's someone here christ is talking to you right now and he says give your life i don't know why but today you need to give your life to jesus 
because this may be your only chance it may be your only chance let us all say this prayer together say lord jesus thank you for dying for me you for that this me. afternoon this afternoon i come to you, I come to you with, a with a heart of repentance i have sinned against, sin against you lord jesus lord jesus forgive me of my sins, forgive me of my sins. cleanse me cleanse from me. all unrighteousness this afternoon this afternoon i invite you, I invite you to come into my life to come into my life lord jesus lord jesus be my lord be my lord be my master be my master be my savior be my savior please write my name Please write, please write my name. Please write my name in the book of life. In the book of life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. For saving me today. Today. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Clap your hands together. We believe you've been blessed by this timely and powerful message. We invite you to join us on Sunday afternoons for our Duel of Heaven service and Tuesday evenings for our Word Power service. For more messages by Reverend Bright and Kuma please subscribe to the QFC Bronx North Podcast or contact us at 929-247-0738. Stay blessed.